When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, thank you for the love, or should I say salute? Something about 4th of July, even though it's the 3rd of July, makes me think of independence and freedom. So let me salute all you guys who helped us with our independence and freedom before tomorrow because this is a weird day let's not lie to each other it's monday but it ain't a holiday but everybody acting like it's a holiday on the third of july so i'm kind of caught off too like should i do the show or not but i was like oh yeah this show ain't work so hell yeah i'm gonna walk downstairs and do the damn show and show some love so thanks for your love brinks tv reads tv youtube wiley's world members where we gonna Run it back. Y'all know how we do. We're going to give you a never shut up book. If you're a Wiley's World member, you can win it on Friday Swag Away. People are loving the book. People are loving that that's the item they can win. So I'm going to keep it going. All right. You know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude? Okay. I'm like all y'all that are parents, at least uh, when it comes to your summer and when it comes to your normal weekends, birthday parties, birthday parties, birthday parties. God, dog. I'm like, man, what was I doing on weekends before I had kids? Because, man, I don't have freedom on the weekends. If they're not playing a sport or I'm not coaching somewhere, I'm at some little itty-bitty's birthday party. Trust me. And yesterday, I'm going to give it to you guys real, just like I always do, because I'm not here to brag. I'm here to show you how big this world is and that we all fit in it. I went to our friend's house. It was their son's birthday party. Now, I'm not going to say who their names are because I don't want to put them out there. I ain't asked them, basically. But they're billionaires, for real. To the point. So we went to the birthday party last year, and I'm like, yo, I, it's kind of weird being around a dude you know that could just spend all the money in the world and still be like, oh, Marcellus, um, how much you got? Oh, here you go, and let me hook you up, too. Like, the dude got so much money, he act like he ain't got no money. He don't even be caring. And I'll just be looking at everything in his house like, oh, okay, this is pretty dope. Respect. But uh, he humbled me yesterday. Not the money stuff. We walked in. They had 
a bouncy water house. You know those bouncy slides that we all go to everybody's birthday party at the park or in their backyard, and they just, all the kids jump up on them. Let me tell you how big this one was. Because last year was pretty big. It was like 20, 30 feet. This one, 50, 60 feet? I'm not lying. It looked like he went to Hurricane Harbor or Raging Waters and said, what y'all doing next Sunday? And literally transported one of them suckers. I'm not going to lie to y'all. MJ turned the corner and walked in and went like this. Ah! And like he, I, I wish I had the camera rolling. He went like this. Ah! And literally just ran and changed his clothes, jumped on that thing. He, this dude was fearless and was sliding down. The slide was so big, it took like five real seconds. The kids slide one, two. You're like, God dang. And that was just great. After that, we played a bunch of pickleball. Uh, I'm very competitive because I'm not that good at pickleball, but because I was around all of them and they play every Sunday, I stepped my game up. So I was out there shining a little bit. Other than that, same old us, man. A little hydration situation with my wife. We kicked it because the devil is outside right now. I'm telling you, it's hot as hell in LA. And I saw the devil slanging some lemonade at a stand. It's so damn hot. He over there burning up too. So LA's on fire right now. We having a great time. Okay. Other than that, I just had a team call. I was talking to Mikey P, talking to TK, etc. I got four things I'm gonna drop on you guys. Two of them are other shows that are in talks and development. Mm. So one of them y'all keep asking about. Whatever. We talking through it. We'll see. Another one's not based here, centrally here. Um, it's more for the international market. You guys put your heads together and figure that out. But two things that I'm so pumped to do for you guys is like a hydration situation. Well, we just going to chop it up, talk us with a little sip. Um, that's coming together pretty well behind the scenes. And the other one is I am really looking forward to doing that dudes dudes a different way. So I want to do that dudes dudes where we do obviously the pro level, but the collegiate level and the high school level and the Pop Warner itty bitty level. So we're looking forward to that coming out where you guys are going to be sending me <laughs> videos of your little eight year olds over there tearing somebody up. And I'm actually going to give you NFL behind the scenes film room respect and advice and analysis. I'm going to break it down that way. That dude's dude, Sal. So I'm still going to clown your kid. So if your kid get ran over, I got jokes for your kid. All right, y'all. I wish I was joking about this next topic, but my man Michael Wilbon doesn't see himself, he says, as a journalist anymore. He said, quote, I don't know what I am now. Let's talk about it because he made this admission, surprisingly, during a recent interview and he just suggested that he no longer views himself in that regard. He said, I used to be a journalist. I don't know what I am now. We know who he is, though. Award winning columnist through 30 years, Washington Post. And then he's largely pivoted away from that writing. Right now we know who he is on PTI sitting there all the time, every day for us for 20 years, it feels like. And now he's being credited as who? One of the guys on NBA Countdown as well. Let's get some of the quotes out where he says while he's talking about what he's doing right now. And he's noticing that it is a pivot away from what he was known to do. And it's really going to play itself into like how even the most pure of journalists now has realized this industry has shifted. So therefore I have shifted as well. So despite being credited as a co-writer, Will Bond downplayed his involvement in like CP3's, CP3's newly released memoir. Now he's still doing some writing in that. And he says, while 
largely letting Paul's story speak for itself. He said, this is not my story. This is not me telling a story. This is Chris's story. I was his editor. I'm honored that he asked me to be involved in this project. Okay. Now with the trend towards the spectacle of what's happening in sports media, spectacle over substance, some would say. It was apparent during the recent layoffs for ESPN, and he took notice of that as well. Saw in many of the casualties and the companies struggling to kind of figure out what's the play going forward. It's the changing TV landscape. Now, what are we talking about right here with Wilbon? Wilbon saying, hey man, I still write, but not to the same extent. Wilbon saying, hey, I'm taking a look around. I don't know who I am, what I am, because I'm not exactly what I used to be. This is who Wilbon is right now. Wilbon has been grandfathered in, not by just age and resume, but by his expertise to a landscape that is shifting by the day, but keeps him protected. Like he still stands strong as the signal through all this noise, right? Like if you really want to get a pure opinion and you're like, okay, let me just go to somebody who may still have bias because it's his opinion, but still is connected to a purer time. You go to Michael Wilbon. That's who Michael Wilbon is. Michael Wilbon is not going to get caught up in the madness of just going out there being shock jock. But at the same time, he's being pulled by the culture that is saying we're rewarding that, but we're going to protect you here. That's why he doesn't know where he is because he's not over there, but he's certainly not writing like he was at the Washington Post either. So do you guys agree with Wilbon that he doesn't know where he is and that this is a changing place that is really redefining who he is? Who is Michael Wilbon to you? To me, that's another guy's salute for his greatness, for always doing it his way, even though that way is now changing. Love and support brings TV, Reese TV, YouTube, and Wiley's World. Someone's going to get that Friday swag away this Friday. Be a Wiley's World member on YouTube to be eligible for the book, the best-selling book that is. All right, let's get into my man, Damian Lillard. Oh, this hurts. And we know who he is for now. He's a trailblazer, but he requested a trade over the weekend. And an insider believes that his preference to be traded to the Miami Heat will deter other teams, shrinking his market. So he re requested a trade after spending 11 seasons of his career with one team, the Portland Trailblazers, seven all-star appearances, and all NBA teams in that time. Beast, basically. Beast, 33 years old, about to be 32.2 points a game will be the most ever by a player to change teams the following season. Mm, we haven't seen this before to this level. So teams that are interested out there, obviously he's interested in the Miami Heat. They're interested. L.A. Clippers, I don't know how much money. Actually, I do. Steve Ballmer got way too much money. He got so much money, he interested in everybody. So L.A. Clippers, Miami Heat, and the 76ers, somewhere Mikey P is smiling, are the three teams that will have interest in exploring trades for Lillard if traded. So while the Portland Trailblazers are quote-unquote open for business everywhere in the league in terms of Damian Lillard in the sweepstakes, according to Woj, it may not be as wide open of a market as they hope. When Lillard specifically requested a trade to the Miami Heat, that demand may deter other teams from entering the bidding war to avoid having a disgruntled superstar 
landing on their roster, which makes a ton of sense. Don't know why he just said Miami Heat or it got out Miami Heat. Should have just been everywhere and then behind the scenes quietly, you know, like the G is silent in lasagna, Lil Wayne. Just make sure it says Miami Heat in the quiet behind the scenes. I don't know who leaked that one. That ain't helping business. All right, so one source predicted that Lillard's one-team list will deter those suitors and greatly increase his chances of ending up with the Heat. All right. So after that, we got into the conversation, and then they went to the Portland general manager, Joe Cronin, who said, all right, they want Dame Lillard still to stay there, right? We have been clear that we want Dame here, but he notified us today he he wants out, and he preferred to play someplace else. What has not changed for us is that we're committed to winning and we are going to do what's best for the team in pursuit of that goal. Basically, what he said is we don't want him to leave, but since he wants to leave, he can go anywhere as long as that's the best situation for us, Portland Trailblazers, not necessarily for him first in priority. So they are prioritizing their team that he's leaving over him and his desires which I guess is the way to do business, even though it won't land as smartly as he just said it. All right, so let's get to what I really feel about this, man. First of all, hit you with the James Worthies. Congratulations, all y'all out there. Y'all happy, y'all haters. Y'all done got to Dame Lillard to the point where now he ain't going to fight for what's right anymore. That loyalty that he had to the Portland Trailblazers, that loyalty he had to the soil that he was up there cultivating, nah, he done gave in to not only the narrative, and he's given in to what everybody else says. You need to go somewhere and win instead of staying there and potentially never winning. Okay, that's a problem for me because now Dame Lillard has jumped on the the torture train. Let's talk about this torture train that gets every one of these players. Even though some of them are victorious in their championship pursuits, it still is torture. Let's talk to it. The first car, the torture train, is the player that stays still, right? And stays loyal. And they never win. And I, hey, dang, if I were you, I would have just stayed in that car. You've been riding in it, choo-choo. But you could have been with like Reggie Miller. You could be like John Stockton. And I understand great legacies, tremendous legacies, but something feels short about it. Okay, so you want to switch cars, right? This is what y'all wanted out there. Y'all going to be happy? You got it. So then he gets into the next car. Guess what that car is called? The one where you leave where you are and still come up short. So now you're like Charles Barkley or your car Malone. You went ring chasing but couldn't find a ring. Like, where? damn it, where? show me your fingers. Show me, looking under every rock, couldn't find a ring. Team after team you go to, couldn't find that ring. Interesting, right? Carl Malone, I said, Barkley, I said, Allen Iverson, I said, that list gets longer. Guys who tried, but came up short. All right, you would think that'd be the end of it. No, this torture train keeps going. <laughs> now, I leave. I actually, I don't know how, find a championship, we win it all, and they still trash me. And they start calling me words like I'm a ring chaser, right? Or uh, to a lesser degree, uh, you couldn't do it without teaming up and being on a super team, right? Who comes to mind now in this torture train? KD, LeBron, Garnett, 
Pierce, etc. And we'll, those are all all-time greats that even though they got their championships, y'all still beat them up. Why you leave? Just to go get an easy ring with so-and-so? And that's the problem, right? So no matter where Dame Lillard goes, there he is. And no matter where he is, there's going to be criticism. You think KD of all of them. I mean, LeBron, of course. But LeBron is even in a different conversation than KD. KD's the one where he went out there, played with Steph Curry on a 73-win team and showed he was the best player, two-time finals MVP, and still got to hear all this negativity. All I'm saying is wherever Dame goes, salute to him, especially if he could go get that championship. But if he thinks that train is going to take him away from that criticism he's hearing in Portland, oh, it's going to follow you, big dog. It's just going to change versions. It's just going to change looks. It's going to be in that car right with you. Feel bad for my boy Dame, man. I got too much love for him, but hey, respect to him. This is the lesser of the two evils, if I had to say that myself. Thanking you for your support and your love, Brings TV, Reads TV, Wiley's World YouTube members. Friday Swag Away. This book is on the way. What page shall I read today? Oh, it says Coach John Leverer. Y'all know who that is. You got to read my book, damn it. You got to win it first, and you'll know who Coach John Leverer is. Salute to that man as well. All right, let's get into this topic right here because I got to let y'all know what I know and what we've seen over the weekend after Bloody Friday occurred at ESPN. 20 plus people laid off. So now I'm just going to do some of the sports media's reaction to the stunning ESPN layoffs and answer the question of what is really going on in sports journalism, all right? So for those in the industry, we all know that we were reminded painfully on Friday of just how cutthroat the business side of sports media can be. Now, I'm not acting like sports media is by itself because a lot of people out there just got normal nine to fives or whatever that is, they get slayed too. So my heart's out to you even if I don't know your situation in particular. So my man Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported that ESPN has sent out an internal memo discussing this and that around 20 on-air personalities were expected to be let go in the new round of layoffs. So that's how it first hit internally and then spread to our knowledge. All right, so tons of reactions out there. Let's start with my man RG3 who said a lot of talented and hardworking people are being let go by ESPN today. Praying for all my ESPN colleagues and their families who have been impacted, right? Class personified. Taylor Twelman says some really good people at their jobs and some that have put in real equity into ESPN, both behind and now in front of the cameras are being let go. Tough to see in an industry that is ever evolving. Feel for them. Okay, we open it up a little more to it. Richard Dice said, today's ESPN news is obviously brutal, but for me, the larger story are the rounds and rounds of cuts at ESPN, ESPN of the behind the scenes people whose names you don't know. Preach. These people were the DNA of ESPN. They bled that place. All right. A few more. Josiah Johnson said this ESPN stuff should have been handled better. They treated it like NFL cut day. Hmm. Ah, been there, been there, been there. 
Matthew Berry says, sending much love to my friends and former ESPN colleagues today. Today sucks. No way around that. But what I will tell you is, especially for those in front of the camera, there is an incredible amount of opportunity out there. Last year, NBC was the best year of my career. Godspeed. Oh, we're getting to exactly where I wanted to go. Last one is Andrew Brandt. Remember him. Respect to him. Tough day. I remember my wave a few years ago. I asked if there was anything wrong with the quality of my segments. They said, this isn't about quality. That statement sticks with me. Okay, let me take you through the process because none of you guys, including me, were involved with these layoffs, right? But let's talk about the two things that hit them as soon as they found out that they were laid off. Not just laid off in a typical fashion, in such a public spectacle. And the whole world has to watch you and witness you now go from that height to that uncertainty. I didn't say decline. I didn't say a bad place. I said uncertainty. Let's talk about the two feelings that I felt that were similar to this, even though I didn't get laid off, I didn't get cut, but I certainly went into that uncertain place. The one thing is the security, and the other thing is the audacity. The security that you just lost, that paycheck that was coming in every single month, that you knew that you were getting paid from that big entity. I don't lie to you guys. My last paychecks at the big network at FS1 was for 158,000 and some other numbers after that I didn't really care as much about. Every single month, you go from that to zero because you don't have a job right now. Now you may get the phone calls and everybody talking good and we are gonna set up this deal and you are gonna go to the next place. But for that moment, if not days, if not weeks, you went to zero, okay, in income. So the security and the audacity. Here's the audacity. Y'all remember when we saw like James Jones uh, trade CP3, even though he played ball before and wasn't as good as CP3, but he now has the power to flex on CP3 and say, you got to lead the Phoenix Suns. That's how it feels. You like the audacity. Someone just fired you, released you, that frankly, you're like, dog, who? Who gives you the power? What gives you the power? How are you qualified to say that I'm not worthy when, like Andrew Brent said, oh, it's not about the quality of your work. And you're like, well, what the hell it is? And you're looking at that person like, oh my God, man, this is a bizarro world. Okay, so those are the two things that jump out to you. All right, so let's get to why we're here in the first place. What drives sports media? Why all of this happened on Bloody Friday and what's really going on? I tell you what drives sports media. Everyone knows what it is. It's the ad dollars. It's what they can sell, right? That's what TV is based on, right? We're going to have us a conduit. We're going to have us a situation where people can plug into it and spend money here. That is the advertising dollars. That supports sports media heavily. Now, there are two things. They really want the ad dollars for the live events. The live events bring in the most ratings. The live events, sporting events, bring in the most draw. That's what gets the most money. Now, to keep the energy going between live events, what do they have? Daily shows. Those daily shows were created because they need to keep the interest high for those live events and the gift storyline. So what's happened to those ad dollars? In this economy especially, they're shrinking and even before this economy, they've been splintered. They are going everywhere. How? Influencer marketing, right? 
Kardashians all the way down to your favorite YouTuber who was just dropping sports gems at the sports gems authentically and raw. So now, oh, we can go to that person or we can go to you. Let me give it to you like this. Um, Mr. Beast. Everyone knows who that is, right? He's a beast on the YouTube, right? Would you go to him to sell your Pepsi or would you go to the carton show? That has 58,000 viewers. If you're an advertiser, you get my point. You get the example. So everyone started to fight for the same dollar. Then Mr. Beast, etc., Pat McAfee, etc., can go direct to consumer, where the direct metrics show his impact with your marketing dollars. No more of this, like, oh, we got ratings, but how many people really clicked into what we were selling? Versus Mr. Beast, Pat McAfee, etc. They can show you that the Paul brothers, right? Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Lex Freeman, etc. And then y'all start cutting the cord and exacerbated this whole situation. Even though y'all know cutting the cord, y'all gonna end up paying in streaming a la carte the same amount y'all were paying for that big old bundle cable bill. It's really approaching those numbers. So basically, here we go. We're in a new frontier, y'all. More recognizable faces are now going to be in independent spaces and they're going to be established brands that's going to command top dollars. Dan Lebatard, Jason Whitlock, Megan Kelly, etc. Welcome to the wild, wild west. And I am proud of you guys for making me proud of myself for in five months. I've been doing this for five months. 86,000 subscribers went from that zero paycheck just in this lane alone to over $700,000 I'm getting a year on pace. So now let's look up and we're growing every single day. I'm probably going to end up making damn near as much as I did in year one doing this as I left year 20 doing that. Y'all know why people over here now? I'm trying to tell y'all it's a whole new game and I ain't even talking about the other opportunities that come from this. So long story short, bet on yourself, even if someone forces you to place that bet. Love for you guys. Let me do it without even touching it. Look at that. Love for you guys. It's your boy. Yes. Brings TV, Reads TV, Wiley's World members, YouTube, Friday Swag Away. How you spell my name? It's Marcellus Wally talking that game. Don't let me start rapping. I'm about to say the same thing I said last time. Let me stop. All right, this is the book that's coming out, and it's coming out for you guys on Friday if you're a member. It may be in your mailbox for a Friday swag away. Hopefully, you are the next winner. All right, before we get into Mikey P in some Wally's world, let's start off with Funk up some comments because we got some good comments here. Talking about Lil Wayne to Undisputed and Wheezy could be the next host with Skip Bayless. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah Taylor J member says, I knew Skip was going to take the Stephen A route and have a carousel of hosts, 100. And I have to respond to this because I even had to correct myself because I was corrected by a member who told me that go back to cold pizza days. Skip used to have the carousel of people to the point where Stephen A was one of them. And then Stephen A stuck out. Their chemistry was amazing. And then there goes first take. I was a part of that carousel as well. I used to come in for a couple of days a week and be on cold pizza. So I, I stand corrected. Skip is not biting from Stephen A. Stephen A actually bit from Skip. 
It just Skip hadn't done that in almost a decade. All right, here's another one from Mark McFarland says, he's a star in music, talking about Lil Wayne, debating and having hours-long conversation of substance for hours a day? I don't want to see it. Goes along the line of how the news always puts the microphone in the most ignorant black person's face to get their take. Shannon Sharp moved the culture forward. Wayne will make us take a step back. I want them to stop focusing on the entertainment value and ratings and put an educated brother up there. Wow. I do know what he's talking about. Like, we're talking sports, right? So we're talking the depth of sports. Is there somebody that's qualified within the realm of that experience? Or is there going to be somebody from the outside who's trying to break it down? But the reason they even got the opportunity is because they're hella famous over here. And we're trying to see if they're hella genius over here. Now, Wayne is genius over here, but he's loosely compared to what this guy was talking about. Wayne's not ignorant and all that, but I know what you're saying. You're like, dog, there's a well-decorated athlete who will represent the brand and more importantly, represent the knowledge and experience that you desire. And you wouldn't check that box and say, little Wayne, first. I get some of that. All right, here's some of the, the comments from the real deal on Colin Kaepernick. And the deal he made with the NFL, I feel. Uh, my man Carl Schreffler says, the only time Colin Kaepernick opens his mouth now is when he got some race cards to throw. Just threw some at Raiders, and a few months ago, he threw cards at his own parents. Colin Kaepernick is a quitter. He started kneeling when he got benched. If Colin wanted to play so bad again, he'd be talking every day on the NFL's doorstep. He's a quitter. He was still under contract with the 49ers. He opted out of his contract being a race griffer, grifter. And nowadays only makes you money. That's when Colin is something got caught. Oh, Colin is now. Okay. It got cut off right there. Nowadays can make you money. And that's when Colin is now. Basically, he's saying we only hear about Colin Kaepernick when he wants us to know that he's interested in playing football, but his actions don't support that because he's not truly interested in playing football. All I got to say about that is my conjecture. My conjecture is Colin Kaepernick settled with the NFL, and part of that settlement was you're never playing in the NFL again, and he agreed to it. Simple as that because nothing else makes sense opting out of your San Francisco situation, then you don't want the Baltimore situation, or at least you didn't put your best foot forward, calling the owner Django and all that. Then you didn't have all the other situations that materialized. You didn't want to be a backup in Seattle. Look how that would have turned out now as Geno Smith, $100 million. Okay, so then you do your workout. Oh, I don't want to do the workout there. I want to do it here, which I've never heard in the history of the NFL. A guy moves the workout right before it whatever. So I think that's where that is not going to spend too much time on it, especially when he's not doing that much time for it as well. ESPN layoffs. My man, John Mitchell, who's a member says ESPN uses some people up and you can't stay up like you was after you playing, like your popularity goes down. They will spit you out for the fresh retirement player to fill the spot to stay hot. Unless you like Wiley, you say, I will make myself the man, which that is how it works. Wow. He basically saying they're just going out there grabbing the new shiny object. And then until it gets dull, they'll use it up. So once you leave the field, obviously you got a big name, big star. And then at a certain point, you're like, ah, there's another big name, big star. And typically when you can get them younger, you can get them cheaper, right? Because even though it's still about oh, who you are and curating, 
you're a rookie to this world. You're a rookie to this genre, right? So you can kind of play with that guy to a certain degree. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, and a lot of times we use those exceptions to try to explain the rule, which you shouldn't. Like a Tom Brady, like, dog, Tom Brady's just going to be Tom Brady, etc. But there is something to it, like the meat of these networks is a lot of guys who come in, get their run on, and then they say, nah, we got to get the next crop. Maybe that's just smart business. Maybe that is a little manipulation. All right, last one is about Wiley's world and James Harden to the Clippers. We got my man Jesse who says you can't compare the Clippers locker room to the Sixers. If Ty Lue can get Russ to work, Harden will be a walk in the park. Glenn Rivers is the worst. Uh, It's interesting that Doc Rivers, a championship coach, is not getting the full respect he deserves in a really impossible situation if you talk about the Sixers. You got Embiid there, and you got to feed it through Embiid. You got Harden, who is just water to that oil. He ain't going to mix with it. Why? He has to play a different style of ball. So then it's not going to work out in the locker room because you got a disgruntled superstar who's playing second fiddle to a guy that you got to play second fiddle to. So I think that was just a tough situation. I don't know how Doc Rivers could have handled that part better. Obviously win it all. Obviously win. But it was weird. We saw it. When Embiid was hurt, Harden would ball out. Embiid come back, Harden would disappear for the most part, especially in the playoffs. Tough situation. Salute to Ty Ludo. He is a beast. I love him as a coach. All right, now let's bring in Mikey P and let Mikey P take some shots at me. And hopefully those shots don't hit. What you got for me, Mikey P? Oh, well, we got to start off with the Los Angeles Lakers because they're grabbing headlines as usual. They made a ton of moves in free agency. So I'm going to go down a list and I'm going to ask your opinion. All right. Tarion Prince, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes. They re-signed Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, and fan favorite Austin Reeves. So now they're starting lineup. Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Perk, says the Lakers are winning free agency right now. Do you agree? And is that a championship lineup to you? They're certainly winning free agency, not only by the quantity, but that is great quality to retain and to add to what they've done. And if you notice, a lot of energy in there, a lot of uh, glue players, meat players that is going to have to provide that because of the absence at times of AD or the age of LeBron. So basically, they need the juice in that battery, and they know that they're top-heavy when needed, and then that's when you lend yourself to LeBron and AD saving the day. Smart game plan. Absolutely smart game plan. Problem is, on paper, match that up to the Denver Nuggets, and you start looking at it like, whoo! Yeah, Denver Nuggets top-heavy. You can talk about, obviously, the MVP, consecutive MVP of Jokic, talk about Jamal Murray, but then you start going. You don't drop off necessarily much and start talking about Porter mm-hmm. Jr. You know, you start talking about Aaron Gordon. You start, ah, they're tall. They're rangy. They're long. They're a great team, like really well constructed. So with that said, um, the Lakers have won free agency. They have closed the gap in our imagination of where they are compared to a team that just swept them. But have they closed the gap? No, it's still a gap there. I was waiting for that butt right there, but they're not a championship team. No, no, and they're not. No, I agree. And not the and they're not the best team in LA. So get your get your game together, y'all. Get your game together. (laughs) 
right, moving on. Confusion in the NFL with the gambling policy. Another update here, okay? The NFL says its players can't bet on NFL games or NFL events. Well, we just had the match, right? The golf match with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It was officially not an NFL event. So players were technically allowed to bet on this event. This is why players are getting in trouble. A lot of the rules are confusing and not clear. What should the NFL do to eliminate the gray areas? Because it seems like nobody knows the rules. So they're just going to be broken continuously, I think. But yeah, go ahead. It is, and it's going to damage their product, and it's going to damage their relationship with their partners, their employees, the players, right? Here's the thing. To avoid gray in your life, make it black or white. Then you won't, if you make it black and white, you got a problem. That's called gray, damn it. If you make it black or white, you ain't got to worry about gray areas. Here's the problem with that. <laughs> Here's the problem the NFL has. They know damn well they want all that gambling money, but they also know damn well that it's not federally legal and therefore it's going state by state. So they're trying their best to keep pace with state by state, but then it's robbing certain fan bases. And since they can't make it implemented universally, they want to say no one can do it, right? But they know that's not smart for business. So they're saying some can do it because in certain states, some can do it. The fans. But then they're looking at the players and the players like, yo, I live next door to this dude. What you talking about? I can't play. And they're like, you can't do it. <laughs> and that's where the confusion is. If there was a federal law say everyone could do it, if every state could do it, NFL wouldn't have a problem with this. The only issue is the integrity conversation. And if y'all notice, there is a Las Vegas Raiders now. Want to know why? Those players can go to casinos and do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't come back on them. Long story short, they're getting caught up in how this is slowly playing out. Therefore, it's contributing to their indecision and how they can implement it. But once it's all teams, all states, they're going to let the players do it sooner or later. Because how in the hell are you going to tell them they can't? And then everybody else supporting them can't. Yeah, I might have to come back to you with an over-under suspensions list before the oh. season. We'll have to bet on it. And we'll oh. bet on that, yeah. <laughs> you are dumb. <laughs> doop, doop. Oh, that man. was a good one. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, you got another one or are you done? Last? Yeah, last and certainly not least, okay? I got to run it back to an Instagram oh. debate that you stoked a couple weeks ago, all right? Uh-oh, what? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read the post, all right? The house is on fire. You can only grab one of these West Coast classic mm. debut albums, which you saving. And it's Snoop Dogg, Doggy Time. Um, oh, Doggy Style. Say that right? I don't even know. Doggy yeah, Style. Yeah, Sorry, this picture ago. is hard to read. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A year after I was born. Okay. Dr. Dre, <laughs> The Chronic. All right. So you said, funk it. Let me just burn up with both of them. And you said, yeah. who you got? But you didn't tell us who you got. So I, I got to hold your feet to the fire here. Yeah. I got to ask who you got. Snoop. Who I got? Or Dre. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's it's hard, but it's simple. Um, it's a hard choice because they're both great albums, and I'm not going to be the one that stays on the fence and qualifies it. It's Snoop album for this reason. Snoop's album had more waves and, and emotions and tone, and no lie, the fact that I anticipated that album more than Dre's Chronic, because frankly, we knew it was coming out and we were waiting for like, yo, 
Who is the dude that was on deep cover single soundtrack? Who's the dude that would just lit up the chronic? Oh, that's Snoop. And now he has his own thing versus Dre with the chronic. We knew it was coming out, but then at the same time, it was like, we heard Dre before, and this is going to be a new version. Okay, I'm excited to see a new version. Oh, he got a whole collage of new artists. I don't know these. Who's RBX at that time to anybody? Anybody? I ain't know. Who was corrupt at the time? Did you know? I, I mean, Daz. Like, I didn't, like, you just didn't know. What Snoop, you knew it was coming. He was bringing all of them, and he was bringing Dre and he already was the man. It was just like, that was next level. And then the album just got arranged, you know? So ain't no fun if the homie can't have none and the homie gotta have Snoop album. I gotta go with Snoop right there. What about you? Yeah, what, I who said you got? it gets even, I had Snoop by a notch. Maybe it's personal preference, I don't know, but they were both legendary. And uh, I, I was saying, man, it gets even harder when you get to the next album and the albums after that. It's like, oh man, what do you do? Like that's. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, Mikey P, you sound like a <laughs> Maybe that's the next one. Now, I think that's actually not accurate, in my opinion. Snoop, Snoop's best album was his first album. And it's funny, like Nas. Nas's best album was his first album. Like, they're rookie of the years, and then every album after that, as good as they were, was not as good as the first one. And there are more artists like that, etc. Some say even Jay-Z, with reasonable doubt. I don't go there with Jay-Z, but I can understand the argument. Point being, it, it got... It got easier. Like the Chronic 2001 versus Snoop's second album. I can't even name it. Oh, that's not even close. That's going with Dr. Dre. Now, here's where the argument gets really funky. People need to go back and listen to the Dog Pounds album. Because I'm not lying. Wherever you ranked it back then, it has climbed the charts. The Dog Pound album is up there with all these other albums. Once y'all listen to it, hit me in the comments. And we'll talk through that. Appreciate you, Mikey P. My dog. All right. All right. All right. Mikey P about to go listen to all them albums right now. He about to go zone out. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish it with a Wiley-ism. A little, little tadpole in there. Not a frog, just a little tadpole. Don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Man. All of those old, like, Eastern philosophies and all of the meditations and all of the things that point you inward always remind you of the power of the present. They all get back to the same thing. And then how do you remind yourself of the power of the present? How do you really activate it? How do you really stay the most alive in the moment? Breath. I don't know what breath is outside of carbon dioxide and then oxygen like I know that level I'm talking about what it does to you in connection of the universe but there's something about it some medicine in your breath that takes you right back to where you are you actually will be where your feet are and it's crazy if you're not there you could be in this moment living yesterday's life again living yesterday's thoughts again or worse stuck in yesterday and you're right here right now so I've always tried to remind myself, and one of the things that I try to have as a superpower is the power of reminding yourself to be self-aware, to be mindful in that moment that this is what counts. A lot of times you'll come into situations, I hear it from my kids, I hear it from my wife, and they'll be like, oh, you know, they got out the bed and you're on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, it's going to be a long day. You ever hear people say that? It's going to be a long day. It's 8 a.m. Why is it going to be a long day? 
because they looked at their calendar or they're going off of what yesterday they didn't finish and they got to do today. Well, why is it going to be a long day? Every day is the same, 24 hours. <laughs> so you're already telling on yourself. You're putting yourself in bad positions. You're putting yourself in a bad predicament mentally. And a lot of times that comes from what you haven't done or what you're still thinking about from yesterday. So always check yourself. One of the best things you can do to renew yourself, to refresh yourself, is to stop thinking ahead and certainly stop thinking behind of yesterday. So don't let yesterday take up too much of today. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.